And I'm not making fun of anyone. What I'm telling you is the enemy, he will set a plot, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to shut you down. He's got many weapons disguised in deception. That's his biggest toll, is deception. That toll's about wore out. Because he likes to deceive people. That's his goal. There's only two kingdoms. Say two. 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 The kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of light. And the kingdom of light. The kingdom of the enemy. The kingdom of the enemy. And the kingdom of God. Now do you believe that? You got that in your mind now? You believe that? That's not phony. There's no in-between. There's not three or four. There's only two worlds. Two. The kingdom of darkness, he works overtime. He used to work outside the church. Now he's working in the church. He works more full-time in the church than he does out of the church. He's a great deceiver. He schemes. He plots. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Because I read in Genesis where the serpent met Eve in the garden. The garden was paradise. Heaven is like paradise. Adam and Eve was already in paradise and they messed up. Hello? So where do we stand? God constantly works with tests and trials. People hate tests and trials. I hate tests and trials. I don't like them either. I'm being transparent with you. But I know one thing. God makes a way out of no way. I don't know how he's always going to do it. The way he delivers you, he may not deliver me. The way he delivers me, he may not deliver you. But I found out one thing. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many. He'll come at you every day, 24-7, in way, any way that he can, to steal your joy, which gives you strength for what God has done for you. How many in here, since you've been coming to Jubilee, you notice that God has did something in some area of your life? Yeah. Look at the hands. Rest, rest of you are too shy. <laughs> Every day God does something. You may not always see the results immediately. <clears throat> A lot of people... Their focus is wrong. You know, they get their focus miscued on things that they hear. Don't listen to everything you hear. Don't listen to everything you see. Don't listen to what society says. Society is like a poison. It'll poison you. <clears throat> now, politically, I'm a Republican. I've been a lifetime Republican. I'm not against Democrat if they're on the level. If they're on the level. If they're on the level. But I don't look to the Democrat or the Republican to make my way. You must understand, God has placed them into Congress for a purpose, to make life and well-being better. That's all they're for. They're not God. Congress is not God. The president is not God. So get that out of your... Let's get that out of the way right now in the beginning. We'll get that 
Push that, just push it out of the way. Go ahead, push it out of the way. Go ahead, let me see you push it out of the way. <laughs> You've got to let the Spirit of God... <clears throat> now we put the real potter's hands, supernatural hands, on the hands of the natural potter. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And when you go down to the potter's house, like the Spirit of the Lord talked to Jeremiah, was to give him a symbolic vision. And when he watched the potter, the natural potter, do his work. He said, you see what he's doing? Jeremiah says, yeah, I see what he's doing. God said, can I not do the same with Israel? Can I not remake Israel? Do you know by the born-again experience, you're Israel. You've been grafted in. You're God's child. Say amen. 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 For God's children, whether you hurdle or not, or whether you agree or not. Turn with me to Jeremiah 18, if you would, please. Jeremiah 18, 1 to 6. <clears throat> and this is not this is not about religion. This is about relationship. We teach relationship. Don't let the devil deceive you. We're talking about the world of darkness now. Don't let the world of darkness deceive you and think because you go to church two, three times a week, you have a certain pew with your name on it. The Bible says you can give all that you have to the Lord and have, give your body to be burned and you still die and go to hell. What God wants is your heart. He wants your heart. If He has your heart, He'll get your finances. If He has your heart, He'll get your Bible reading time. If He has your heart, He'll get you found in prayer. If He gets your heart, He'll see the Christian life stout. It's a lifestyle. Christianity is a lifestyle. It's the way you live. You're determined not to live like everybody else. <clears throat> when I met my wife and we dated <clears throat> from time to time, she never pressured me. From time to time she'd say, Yo, how about going on church with me? Well, I was raised in a Methodist church. <clears throat> it's all religion. You went in, you heard a 10-minute sermon. You sang a half a song because they were too tired to get through the rest of the <laughs> Yes, I'm poking fun. Because that's the way some of them are. They're organizations. That's all they are. They got somebody over top of them telling them what to do. <clears throat> I have one person telling me what to do, and it's not my wife. I love her with all my heart. But God the Father, He's my overseer. And if He doesn't give me a message to give to you, I'm not going to be up here talking. I'm going to be sitting in the seat or at home watching TV. I ask the Lord to speak to my heart. 
what his people need to hear in this last day that we're living in. <clears throat> we need to take ourselves, it's a choice, to go back to the potter's house. And let me tell you, I know everybody wants magic out there and they want Donald Trump back in position and they want everything just to go away. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not about magic. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to lift the man up. You're going to have to do what you can do to give toward the organization. Whatever today he's going to be speaking today, I think around a quarter or four today in the CPAC and trying to build the Republican. Right now they passed the law in equality. And if you don't understand what that is, John Kennedy put a man on the moon. Biden put a man in the little girl's bathroom. Hello. Talk to me. That's what it is. They smoothed it over. They actually smoothed it over by using a name to tickle everybody's fancy. I don't know about you, but my granddaughters are grown now, but maybe someday I'm going to have great-granddaughters. And I don't want them going to the same potty house that some 40, 50-year-old man's in. So we have to wake up. The church is being stirred. There's a great awakening coming. And people have to quit their whining, quit their complaining, quit their fault finding, and you have to do what God told you to do. Wake up, shake yourself, stir your spirit, man, and begin to do what you can do to help things go right. And when, you, when God sees you waking up in your heart, then he'll answer. Then he'll see when you call. He said, when you call upon me, I'll answer. I'll hear and I'll answer. And I'll turn things for your, and, and quit getting your mind on, on focus on the trouble, on the problems and on the laws. You need to make up in your mind, God is still God. He's not on vacation. He's not asleep. He doesn't have amnesia. He did not fall off the throne. Can you say amen? Amen. How many knows the word says I never change? Never means never. He's never going to change. So you can bawl and you can whine and you can fuss and you can kick and you can growl and do whatever you want. It's not going to change God. What you've got to do is let your heart touch God's heart. And you've got to let him know that you have the same will in you that he has. That's what pleases God. His will. Not our will. Not the way we want. Everybody wants to think this world is yours. I lay me down. That means you've got to get rid of your agenda all the time. Christians have an agenda. Forget your agenda. It's not about you. I'll say that again. It's not about you. It's about Him. It's about Christ and Him crucified. It's Him in you, in the born-again experience, through you. He works to change the world around you. Your mission field is your own home first. Work with your spouses. Work with your children. Then go outside and work with the neighbor. And work with your co-worker. And begin to ask God to make you be bold. Ask God to open your mouth. And he said he'd fill it. And begin to speak to people who died and gone to hell. Who's focused on this life. Everything you have is not yours. Understand that. Please understand that. 
The enemy will use what God has blessed you with to deceive you. You may have a, a beautiful bank account. He'll use it to deceive you into thinking it's yours. Everything you have as a believer has been given to you to function in the mission of God. You need to pray and find out what the mission is. My wife and I, myself, for instance, we the other week I said we, we helped somebody and they had a dilemma come up. And the dilemma was a couple hundred dollars that they didn't have. God spoke to me. I had the couple hundred dollars. That's why he spoke to me. Because I had it and they didn't. Right. Guess what he's saying? I want you to take it from your hand and put it in their hand. So while I was sitting in the car and I said, now God didn't ask, God never asked me for my whole bank account. God didn't ask me for my house. He might some people for certain reasons. He wants your heart. He wants your heart to have a compassion for those that are less fortunate than you. Not everybody out there is a joker. Not everybody out there is lazy. Not everybody out there wants a handout. There are people who are literally legitimately suffering and hurting because of the government. Killing jobs and whatever. And those people are suffering and hurting. And God wants us to do our part of what we can do. You, you might be able to get in politics. I don't know. I'm not a politician, so, but I know enough of what goes on. But everything you have is not your own. That's what it meant to lay me down. Yes, you sweated by your brow. Yes, you worked. Yes, you had an education. Yes, you do them. Them things are all legitimate. God's not saying you're not legit. But the thing is, when God has your heart and you understand the final goal, is you're going to leave this world. If you're, if you're truly a born-again believer, you're going to believe it. It could be right now while I'm talking. I might not even get to finish this message. I may preach it on the way up. But God is coming for a people that love Him. A people that set their agenda aside. You've got to make that up in your mind. It's your mind. It's a choice. And I choose, I don't care what people say. I, I, my mom, when I was first born again, finally, my wife invited me and I went to hear this guest speaker. And in my mind, I said, well, what? You know, we have a way of legitimizing things. And I said, oh, what can one time hurt? You know, I've been in church before I can go one time. What can one time? That's all God needs is one time. If God can get a hold of your heart one time, that's all he needs. He don't need two, three, or four. He takes that one time, and if your heart is tender at the right time, God knows how to get it. And that one time, that guest speaker, he preached like I never heard. And boy, I shook in my shoes. The message of the Holy Spirit just so moved me. See, people set themselves. They set themselves so hard, the Holy Spirit can't even move them. And the Holy Spirit, you can feel him in the midst. He's there, and you just can't move people. So they're so set in their ways. Just like Israel was. They were stiff-necked. They were hard-hearted. They're set in their way. They see things their way and they can't see nothing else. Yeah. And the thing is, they start pointing fingers. Yeah. Their toxic tongue starts wagging. 
They can't wait until they get on that Facebook to wag their toxic tongue about somebody. Yeah? And it's negative. It's nothing positive. Negative. I look at it from time to time. I tell my wife, why do you even look at that thing? There's nothing on there but negativity, 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 negativity. And the sad part is a lot of Christians fall in that category. That's sad. Negative, 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 negative. I don't see people on there saying, oh, you should have been in Jubilee last week. There was a lady got healed. Should have been in Jubilee a month ago. A person got saved. It's like I can still remember back big old Stephen, as big as he is, like six foot something. Let's remember Stephen in our prayers. He's a little under the weather today. His little sweeties here. They're a sweet couple. I had the privilege of marrying them. I don't know why people pick a wedding in the freezing weather. I was standing there freezing to death. I was shaking. <laughs> I'm trying to do the wedding. I said, my God, that poor little girl, she's in her wedding dress. She's got to be frozen to death. And two or three people asked me to marry me. I said, please don't get me to marry. Get me to marry you in the summer when it's nice. When the sun's out. You're in your privilege. But I found out one thing. In the gospel, it's not convenient. The gospel is not convenient. Sometimes I come into church, my wife says, Hey, yeah, the tube don't work. Oh, okay. And I don't know much about electronics and stuff like that. I said, I'll go jingle some wires or something. And I asked God to help me jingle the right one, and I jingled the right one. It came on. It's not a convenient gospel. Don't think it is. It never will be. It was not convenient for... For Jesus, Jesus said he learned obedience, the scripture said, by the things he suffered. I'm telling you today, yes, if you want to be a true guru, born again believer, you're going to suffer somewhere, sometime, somehow. But the neat part is read the whole scripture. People like to pluck. If I had some people's Bibles, their mental Bible, it wouldn't be very thick. It would only be about like it. I don't believe that. Tear it out. I don't believe that. Tear it out. I don't. No, I don't believe that. Tear it out. I didn't like what preacher preached today. Tear it out. And they would tear. You might as well tear them out because that's what you're doing in your mind. You're acting like they don't exist. But yet, my Bible tells me to believe the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel is all the word from Genesis to Revelation. I may not understand it all. But if I go to prayer, if I seek the face of God, He's the one that wrote the love letter to me. He ought to know what it said. And He ought to be able to re reveal to me. But we don't have enough patience. We go away half-cocked when we hear stuff that we don't understand or stuff that we don't believe. Then we're kicking and gouging and going on. Okay, Peter did that. He was a hothead. He thought he was saved, you know, and he's a good old boy. He said, Jesus, I'll go with you till the death. Even when the rest stones what he was saying, he was setting himself above everybody else like he was really something. He said, I'll go where they won't go. Jesus turned and looked at him. He said, you're going to deny me three times. Peter says, I'll never deny you. See, that's the way we are. We're fastened in our mind. We're self-opinionated. Where we think we got all the answers. We know everything. I do not know everything. I am your pastor. I am your shepherd. 
but I do not know everything, but I serve the one who does. Give him a hand clap, that's the difference. Serve the one who has the answer. One man said to me one time, come up to me, they came a couple services. I said, it's nice when people give you a chance. And he said, I couldn't come to this church. I said, why not? You don't have enough structure. <laughs> I said, anything else? So I said to him, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. As long as Jesus is here, that's all that matters. I don't care about structure. I don't care about boards. I don't care about meetings. I don't care about joining the church and all that kind of stuff. If you're a born-again believer, you already belong to the church of God. God's coming for the people. It's coming for the church. It's coming for children. Hallelujah. I don't know where all that's coming for. You ought to be happy this morning. That, that's hot off the griddle. I didn't have that. <laughs> I love when the Holy Ghost shows up. Jeremiah. The lesson from the potter's house. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my word. I remember when I started Jubilee 20-some years ago in the basement of our home and it was about this big and every time my wife and I had some money on the grill, something came up. We were going to make a family room with a fireplace and pool table and all those goody things that you could enjoy with the kids and the grain. It never transpired. God had something else in mind. One day God spoke to me and I said, God, my whole house has been done for years. How come I can't finish the basement? He said, because I want your will to be mine. I said, what do you want, Father? When I asked him, he told me. He said, I want you to start church in your basement. That's what you're going to do, start church. And I had a big turnaround driveway, and I had plenty of room for cars to park. And we filled the house. There was 100 people filled that place. Did we not? Now, some of them got hair lips. Some of them got whatever. <laughs> Some of them told me their will. They said, oh, this is a nice little church in the country. We want you to stay here. And the person who told me that never came. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. It blows you away. Yeah. She said, but it's a nice little church. And we really like it. We know what you and your wife live, what you're preaching. And I thought we've been here 10 years and you haven't showed up once. But the enemy will try to get you so easily, he'll try to slide the scales under you and get you out of the will of God for your life. You need to know what the will of God is. What's God's will? God didn't give you that promotion and that raise just to go in and make a lot of money and buy a bigger house and a boat, motorcycle, whatever. I know it sounds good. <laughs> But he puts you in there to that people can see the favor of God in your life. That's what it's for. And then you can demonstrate and ask God that you can spill what's in that heart of yours. I remember when you took us up to that scene. I never forgot that. I love that. I love that worship. And that's me. See, a lot of people thought 
I was quiet and country boy, but I love I love to make noise for God. I love when the Lord, the people of God, make a noise for Him. Because He's such a good God. And He's been good. He's been good. He's been good. Healed your wife. Moved in the life of your children. Brought your family in. Your family come in. Two, three years ago, we had a guest speaker here. He said he's going to start sending me families. Not just one or two, but families. He sent me a family. 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 See, he didn't stop. He sent me a family. He sent me a family. You're not here by chance. You're not here by coincidence. Come on. The Spirit of God sent you here because God's pulling at your heart. God's trying to take you to another level. God can't take you to another level if you remain in the congregation of the dead. 